<clears throat> the workforce is changing to recruit the top talent today. You can't just use the old rules. And it really depends on, on who you're talking to. But there's a whole new ideas brought in by a newer generation of workers. Although uh, from from the conversation with these um, recruiters on my podcast today, um, uh, it, it's not just generational, but the newer generation brought some ideas that's what I guess you could say infecting the workplace and people wanting, um, you know, value in different things, right? Obviously, money is important and, and benefits. <clears throat> That's really important. But there's other um, non-financial uh, benefits or expectations um, that people have in the workplace. That's uh, that's important um, for 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 employees. And so um, today we have a con- I have a conversation with two guests. Um, the first, the, they both just kind of talked together, right? It wasn't wasn't just one guest, but they were both together. And it was a managing partner of the Lucas Group Dallas, uh, Paul Matthews, and search executive Allegra Bino. And so we talk about uh, best practices for recruiting and retaining uh, top talent uh, in DFW in 2020. Uh, hope you enjoy it. y'all we are back with another episode of the ask philip podcast i'm your host philip washington and i have paul with me paul matthews and allegra bino uh we're at the lucas group and this is actually like uh, farmer's branch texas right it's it farmer's addison Addison, farmer's branch i get confused out here right it's (laughs) like you'll put it on the gps and it'll say put it in dallas and then you pull up and it says farmer's branch i'm just confused like this is a side note this is I'm just asking this so I can know. Um, is Farmer Branch like a city or is it kind of like a neighborhood like like Oak Cliff? Or no, it's there? actually a town. Okay, and so is Addison. Like, yep. They're both separate cities. Correct. Uh, but they kind of pull resources with Dallas. So same school district or they have different school districts? I would be the Dallas ISD. Yeah. Okay. I would think so. so. Got it. Makes sense. I mean, I, I've never asked that question. I've been here for like nine years. <laughs> so, so we're here talking about... Um, recruiting uh, and retaining key people um, because y'all know this so I'm preaching to the choir but you know um, I think this is going to become way more important because you can only uh, use technology to get you so far now you actually got to hire people right everybody has all the same technology and it's relatively cheap nowadays and so now if you want to grow you got to hire good people and so I, I know y'all's focus is um, manufacturing engineers um, what, what are the other specialties here? Uh, in Lucas Group or what? In no, Lucas Group Division. So we do supply chain operations, engineering, so mm-hmm. procurements, and then we also have accounting, finance, IT, mm-hmm. sales and marketing, uh, military transition, human resources, and legal. So we've got seven different uh, uh, divisions that we do. Uh, only we don't do legal here, but we do all other six divisions out of Dallas. Okay, so, so full service. Yep. And, and where are y'all's expertise and focus? So uh, I look after uh, supply chain operations, big part of my background is logistics, distribution, um, and then we have the manufacturing operations side, so technical engineering, plant management, operations management across sort of all verticals in the market. So it's not industry specific, it's more around 
the, the operational side of what we're doing than supply chain in general. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I've obviously known you forever and <laughs> have uh, 12 years of experience in engineering. A lot of it that was oil and gas before I came here. So I'm trying to continue to keep my focus on, op on engineering and then also have been enjoying learning about supply chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're the one that introduced me to Twisted Root. I've never been before. <laughs> so, uh, it's a pretty, pretty cool spot. Yeah, I think we had kangaroo burgers, didn't we? Uh, no, I definitely didn't. Eat I did. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah you, might, you might have. I, yeah, I, it was a new spot, so I was not going to try anything new. Like, my rule is when I go to a new spot, let me get something familiar decide if I'm going to come back. Because if they mess up my. I, I, I probably got like a, a bacon cheeseburger with some guacamole on it, with some barbecue sauce, or something like that. That's kind of one of my two or three. Uh, but it was great. So shout out Twisted Root. Um, so first question, um, what are the companies that are attracting uh, top talent, you know, in the manufacturing industry doing it? And I'm asking that because like, you know, manufacturing feels like it's changing uh, a lot. Um, uh, uh, and so I'm, 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 I'm sure with those changes come, you'll, you'll end up having an advantage if you can recruit and retain the best people. So what are the winners doing in that industry? Well, and I have to say this with premise, because there are certain parts of the industry where you can't change much. Mm -hmm. uh, but some companies are now offering flex hours. And when I say that, that there's a difference there. You know, some companies, there are shifts. They've got three shifts that are all in a row. They cannot necessarily let you be flexible about that but mm -hmm. really focusing more and I'm sure this is what we're talking about here is more the management and higher level roles mm -hmm. um, there's some companies that uh, will do flexible we actually currently have three open roles right now for people to work remotely uh, some of them are in logistics and some of them are in procurement uh, they're getting better about vacation time and, and flex time and flex hours and then there's also the financial portion of that, but we'll get into that question a little bit later mm -hmm. with more detail. Well, yeah, let's talk about it. We're here. So <laughs> so you have the what I would call the lifestyle benefits of work, yes. which, which that's relatively new, right? I mean, I, I you know, um, I'll, 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 I'll um, go to this part, but, you know, I want you to elaborate on, like, the lifestyle and then the financial part, right? So mm -hmm. um, when you're doing both of those, are you are – you, um, how do you decide? Or am I, am I going to do I have to pay the top plus offer these, or is it some combination of the two, or like what? What, what are y'all seeing? It's a, it's definitely a good question. Uh, I think it's a general generational thing, though. Okay. A lot of the younger generation would ma rather make a little bit less money and have more time and more flexibility. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about some of these, this new gen generation Y's or Generation X, is that what they call them? The new ones coming. The youngins, if you will. Not the millennials, the newer ones? Well, the millennials, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, that's kind of their preference, right? They'd rather have six weeks of vacation and maybe make less money mm -hmm. uh, so that they can actually enjoy the lifestyle. Whereas people like my age, we're more interested in continuing to build our nest egg. And then we feel like, well, a lot of the time off I'm going to take is going to be when I retire. Not to say that we don't want time off, but right, right. it's really all about priorities. So really with companies, it just really depends on who and what they're hiring. And that's really where, as recruiters, we can bring benefit to it because we can understand what the candidate wants and then tell the client, 
you know, this means more to this person than that does. Got it, got it, okay. And if you're talking about things that are not financial from the from a can perspective, is also potential technology as well. So mm. a lot of what they have available to us, so I mean, just from a, a shameless plug from what we do, we just deployed laptops to, to every recruiter across the country just to be able to create more of a remote type environment so you're not necessarily you know, stuck where you are mm. in the office if you need to work um, outside of the office, but even just technology with companies around your machinery, new anything, design programs, just that that attracts, especially the millennials. We're looking at a much more high-tech uh, environment nowadays and people coming out of college, they're probably expecting they're used to using mm. a lot more state-of-the-art. And if you go into like manual environments with some of these manufacturing <laughs> companies, they're, they're still working off Excel spreadsheets, then yeah, that, that that's something that actually means a lot to, to yeah. the younger generation coming in. So. It's not, she's right, it's not just about compensation, it's about a lot of the, the things that are actually, actually in the environment, what's the, is the clean environment, the office is nice, even little things like that can make a difference. Yeah, yeah you would be shocked because, you know, in, in my role, what I was saying before was, you know, so, so my, my clients are, you know, the 55 year olds who are ready for retirement, and then what I call the 40 year olds who are like, oh crap, I haven't been saving, you know, but, but, but they're like the, the top performers, and you'd be shocked how many of them would just leave um, uh, out of inflexibility, right? It's like, it's like, hey man, management is getting on me about, you know, stupid things, you know, and micromanaging me, and they're costing me time, just, I would rather work from home, I get it done, right, I don't have to come in, and I mean, that's like, not an isolated incident. So I'm 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 glad you said that. Come try how many companies just don't realize they're like this is how it used to be. Okay, but if you want top talent, that's not you know 62, right? And and I'm not. This is not a hey boomer comment. This is just a reality. Like it's business. Like say what you know. I'm like feel how you want to feel about millennials, but the point is if you want them to work for you, right? You got to realize it. And so um, yeah, I'm, I I wouldn't even thought to that would be the answer, but it makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then if you want to talk about the financial side now, yeah, we're yeah, 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 go, the next yeah, talk, talk about the financial, yeah, absolutely. So then a lot of companies too recognize that, you know, ownership is important to folks. And so it's not every company, but a lot of more companies are becoming open-minded to what we call long-term incentives. So that can be phantom stock for a company that's privately owned where they give a certain percentage to their employees and as the company profits and grows, they benefit from it like they would a, a restricted stock. Other companies offer stock options or restricted stocks. A lot of companies are at the management levels. They also offer a short-term incentive or an annual bonus or quarterly bonuses also to encourage productivity and loyalty mm -hmm. um, from their employees. Mm -hmm. And then there's things such as sign-on bonuses. So I guess you've got such a remote workforce now, people are willing to relocate. They're, they're moving and there's obviously a lot of costs that, that employers don't always mm -hmm. recognize that someone's going to have when they actually move. So if you're in Dallas, that's great. If you're not in Dallas but you're open to move, then there's a cost associated with that. And you know, obviously companies need to look at relocation packages, you know, sign-on bonuses. We're in a perfect position right now, sort of coming to February, where annual bonuses are starting to pay out for companies that are on a, on a calendar year, fiscal year as well. So people have to be employed up until February or March 1st to actually receive these bonuses. So 
people are pretending if they're going to leave away from a, a ten or fifteen thousand dollar bonus, it's it can make a big impact on, on when they want to go. So companies need to look at being able to uh, subsidise these these areas as well to, to bring in the talent that are obviously they're performing well. So you're expecting they're going to be receiving bonuses on a on a regular basis. So and and and, and um, how do you, you know like how would somebody how do you figure out like how you structure your pay and how much you should give. <laughs> I mean, you know, is that something that y'all would help with or the in-house, like if, 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 I'm, if I'm a manufacturer, I'm like, well, man, I got all these costs, right? And I imagine right now <clears throat> with maybe some people having supply chain uh, uh, adjustments, redirecting to supply chain um, because of global politics, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure, you know, cost is an issue, right? You want to pay for value, but you also don't want to overpay. So how do you kind of manage? How do, how do they manage that process? Well, I guess it also looks at the position they're recruiting because okay. you've got different types of roles that come into a business. You've got potential cost roles and then you've got roles where they can actually save the company's money. Mm -hmm. So an engineering design is a perfect example where you've got companies and, and guys that are coming in and looking at the process of what the companies do. So it could be around you know, Lean Six Sigma, process improvement, where they're looking at what they do and they can actually say, okay, we've got 10 steps in this process to get from raw materials through the finished product. How can we actually look at condensing that, that process where we can take out one or two steps, which is going to increase productivity, not impact the quality at the end of the, at the, end of the process, but all of a sudden we're looking at saving money. So mm -hmm. those types of people coming in, I think companies are willing to go above and beyond mm -hmm. in salary range when they see the value they can bring in. Similar if you look at a sales or sales business development type mm -hmm. person that they're going to be able to add money to the bottom line or add to growth of the company, whereas as much as, you know, I, I guess your, your associates or supervisors or people who are actually working on the shop floor that aren't necessarily putting those, those uh, processes in place, they're probably they're the backbone and as important as anyone in the company, mm -hmm. but they're not necessarily creating that additional value. Mm -hmm. So you're probably not seeing you know companies that are willing to to flex too much on on mm -hmm. those types of salaries. So mm -hmm. no, that's, that that makes sense. Yeah, and then in regards to relocation and that sort of thing, companies <coughs> also can assess the risk on that. So like part of our responsibility as recruiters is we're talking to people who, who would be relocating here is to make sure they have a vested interest in Dallas, not just moving for the job because mm -hmm. then they're going to stay here until they can get a higher paying job where they're from. So we vet those things out for them. And then what, what a lot of companies will do is in order to assess that risk, they'll put a time frame on it. So let's say they give you $40,000 to relocate here their rule will be if you leave within the first year, you have to pay back that $40,000 prorate paying it back. And, and that way the person takes it very seriously before they sign on the dotted line and accept the job. It's similar to long-term incentives where it's like golden handcuffs to a point where, mm -hmm. and that's where the sign-on bonuses I mentioned can even come into play where they may need to offset relocation that someone has to pay back. So the, these are all things, but really how we assess that is more about the questions we ask our candidates when we start is there's nothing worse than getting into a process and, and things coming up last minute that you didn't ask about this is probably what makes you look like a, not a great recruiter right. but the more you know the, the better you can assess the risk of to that to the clients and whether they're willing to invest that into into bringing that talent on board so and, and would you say from a market standpoint the the you know high performing management you know, mid-level management, upper-level management, who we were just talking about, is there a, um, a shortage of those people in the market or is it, you know, a bunch? 
the engineers and the, and the management. We're really blessed actually in, in Dallas, the Dallas area. We have a high level of talent here mm. because of the, the variety of companies we have. There's a lot of talent here. Um, so are there times when you have to go out and find someone who's not from here? That can happen because those people may be locked in at their jobs and very happy. So you relocate someone in. But for the most part, there's there's a lot of talent here. And mm -hmm. so, you know, it's just a matter of artfully getting them to consider other opportunities. <laughs> that's that's the key thing is is there's a lot of talent, but there's still a skill shortage because you've got to try and find those people and actually give them reason to want to move from where they are. And yeah. that's obviously why we still have jobs is, is <laughs> that's that's uh, not an easy thing to do and what we actually can do relatively well so but it's all about once again it, it all goes back to the retaining and finding out from the clients what are they offering what is it that makes them better what's the sizzle around you know what they can offer to the marketplace because you know a long time it's been you know it's been a, a, can, a client driven market where you know you they're deciding you know, who they want to hire but right now the clients are realizing that we have to sell ourselves to the candidates as mm -hmm. much as the other way around and you know, candidates are having one, two offers uh, at a time and really having their opportunity of what they want to go into. So it's the companies that can sell themselves the best around opportunity and growth. And that's probably another thing we didn't talk about in what they're offering is they're offering clear progression opportunities. Mm -hmm. So where can I go to from here? Am I going to be stuck in this role for five years? Am I going to be able to promote through to different, to different roles in the future? So all those things come into it. Yeah. No, yeah, that, that's another point. Um, yeah, you brought it up because... That, that's, that, that's kind of what changed. People used to say, I'm going to be here forever, and now they're saying, hey, I just want to grow. Like, for most people, growth is important. It's, you know, I'll do a good job, but what would you call it, like a project-based mentality versus a, you know, um, I need to find a, uh, a find home. Yeah. Yeah, look, when I, even when I started here six, six and a half, seven years ago, companies would look at people who had stayed roles for three to five years as maybe a little bit hoppy. And now I think they're realizing that you know, people are moving, they need to give them opportunity, they're going to move, and the reasons why they're going is becoming more acceptable in the market. And people who are staying with companies for 30, 35 years, I mean, that's starting to decrease mm -hmm. substantially, not just around baby boomers starting to retire, but obviously the new generation mm -hmm. coming in and they're wanting, wanting more earlier, which is, <laughs> which is not what the market's always saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm going to kind of give away my secret weapon that I use with candidates when I'm talking to them, and that's that especially if they say they're happy I, and I present an opportunity to them and I just simply ask them, hey, I want you to think about where you want to take your career, right? And that's this ladder and I want you to compare it to what I'm offering you and see if it doesn't get you there faster. Uh, and because I think that's of interest to a lot of people too is they, they want to progress rapidly. We're, we've become a society that likes that instant gratification. And so when there's an opportunity for you to go here and you learn this and then now the company, there's three other people who are there, but you come here and there's only one other person, that's gonna be appealing to someone because that's gonna allow them to climb where they wanna go, whether it's technologically or managing people more quickly. So, so would you say you're kind of more like a career coach? I mean, I kind of you Absolutely. Know, somebody were to say, hey, you know, you know, I don't know what I want 10 years from now, but I know what I want for the next 10 years, you know, let's, let's figure out the best way to get me there. Y'all kind of got them. Yeah, and sometimes we have to slow them down a little bit as well. <laughs> I mean, you'd be surprised how many people, are, they think the market is stronger when it comes to increase in, in compensation. So people may ask for 
10, 15, 20, 25% increases because they want to move, mm -hmm. but they're realizing that you know, the market's not always that way. So we have to educate them on mm -hmm. what is realistic, what you know, what is the market is telling us because like anyone, if a candidate goes in and, and throws a, a pie in the sky number out, they can, they can scare off a, a client pretty quick. Well, and you know, in any good business model, uh, you don't want to overpay for something unless it's got a proven track record either, right? So when someone says, oh, I want a 25% raise, well, they're going to give you that because your name is this. Right, right. How about you go in there and you negotiate with them that, hey, if I do this for a certain amount of time, then this is when we're going to have a conversation about the next raise. And a lot of people become very open-minded that because they realize that none of us yeah. are going to buy that, right? If McDonald's comes out with a new hamburger tomorrow and it's $5 more, we're not going to buy it unless we know yeah. that it's a quality product. It's yeah, like, yeah. No, you're right. Because my, my thousand business owner, hey, if you're good, you're good. Give it six months. Yeah. You do well, I would, be, I would gladly tell you because I'm making more money. Yeah. Right? No, it makes, makes complete sense. Um, <clears throat> so uh, we kind of talked about that, so I'll skip that one. Um, Let's yeah. talk about the college. Go ahead. I was going to say, did you want to talk about what we're seeing in incomes, by the way? Because um, it's kind of interesting. Go ahead then. I, yeah. yeah. I, I, go ahead. Yeah. So I, I did some research on that, and actually it looks like in, in Dallas, uh, overall compensation went up 2.3% and salaries went up 3%, um, which is not too far off from the numbers of what you're going to find in the United States. It's actually the same average as in the United States, mm -hmm. Dallas. Dallas was a little bit higher when it came to the overall compensation, but really there's only four cities that had a higher percentage of growth than uh, Dallas did, and I, they were in the 4%. So, or were they like in California? Uh, that, yes, Phoenix. New York, <laughs> New York City, Los Angeles, and Phoenix, and Atlanta okay. were the four that were ahead of Dallas, and Atlanta was just eking by us, yeah. um, but they actually are creating the new Hollywood out there, yeah, yeah, so they've they got a lot of... There's a lot of money going on. There's there, a, lot of, yeah. a lot of money in Atlanta, <coughs> but you know, some people think, wow, that's not very much, but really when you think about some of the things we've talked about, politically and that sort of thing or alluded to mm -hmm. how it affects it, that's, those numbers are actually really good. And I mean, if you have a teenager who's, he, and he grows half an inch instead of an inch in a month, you don't freak out. Yeah, right. you're, you're just glad he's still growing, right? And right. there's always going to be the potential for more growth, so. Okay. And, and so we, we went a little bit, we talked about benefits in general, but um, what are some of the benefits? And, and when I say benefits, I'm speaking like, you know, insurances and 401ks and deferred comp are yeah. our companies offering? Well, I mean, obviously the, the 401k match is, is a big thing, mm -hmm. what companies will offer. So, I mean, a lot of the times it's it's, fair, it's still fairly stock standard. I mean, there are companies out there that will offer substantially greater matches or depending on the organization at the end of the year, depending on the profitability of the company, they may actually go a bit higher. But in general, dollar for dollar match up to 6% is pretty, is pretty, pretty standard in the market. Mm -hmm. So. Um, we're not seeing too much around that side, but I mean, compensation-wise, um, uh, salaries, salaries. Um, sorry, I just lost myself there. <laughs> so, so what? So when they're off, what they're offering in regards to other options is what about health insurance. Yeah, well, that's it. So that's the biggest thing the client, what candidates sort of and clients don't realize is 
is you, know, you could be taking $500 premiums a month and still paying you know, a three and a half, four thousand dollar deductible. Yeah. So my wife is, she thinks it's crazy because in Australia, it's yeah, healthcare is so good and the US is, is still trying to get better. But you know, when you're paying five hundred dollars a month and six, seven, eight thousand dollars a year in premiums, but you're still yeah, paying a hundred dollars to go to the pediatrician, you, you probably know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. Um, but a lot of companies now are like, okay, how can we add benefits there? How can we actually drive? Um, cost down, can we do, how can we lower premiums, mm -hmm. can we include you know, dental, um, vision, all these things, but a lot of companies now offering multiple different benefit packages, so they could be PPOs, OAPs, it could be low deductible, mid deductible, high deductible, and then ones that obviously have different costs across the board, so mm -hmm. bigger companies obviously always have the, the benefit because they've got the buying power, mm -hmm. unfortunately, so you know, the smaller to medium companies are the ones that you know, really sort of have to take a bit more of a hit from a cost perspective because they're not they're not getting the same level of of, um, of uh, reductions from a lot of the insurance companies. But mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And with that, what you're seeing with the, the the health benefits and that sort of thing is a lot of companies taking wellness into to more into the focus. So people getting discounts for having health and wellness, like having gym memberships, or companies actually offering gym memberships. We we all have a gym downstairs we have access to, or like even one of the clients that we work with offers not just a gym membership, but they do chair massages Ooh. for their employees, <laughs> I know. <laughs> and so, you know, people are recognizing that, hey, there's other ways we can lower our costs besides just the individual, and that's by promoting the healthy lifestyle. And it's nice to have options too with that with insurance, where mm -hmm. when you have people who are doing that, it, it just helps everybody out. I'm just, I'm just so ready for healthcare to become uh, <laughs> more transparent uh, look it's a it's it's really one of the hardest areas yeah cause, but with transparency comes like cost deductions right you know it, it happened in our industry when fees became transparent people were like fees came down people were like wait a minute I'm paying what for what you know healthcare is like where's the money going I'm paying six thousand a year you know it can't be like my t my pediatrician cannot cost that much yeah right you know and so you're like, where's the money going? We need some transparency. And it's coming. I mean, it's, it's. I think over the next 10 years, the conversation will be different, hopefully. We right? look at EOBs and they're actually charging like 300 and something dollars and then the insurance companies have got specific rates with in-network providers. Mm -hmm. So actually, you, you, it looks like you're getting this massive discount, but you're still paying something that really is, is probably more than, than, yeah. What, yeah. than what you should be. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we both got kids, so we understand that a lot. Mm -hmm. then. Yeah. And I don't, because I never go to the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the, that's the cheapest way to go about it. Never yeah. Yeah, just, just don't go. Just see, see how far see how far you can go. You just need Robitussin and Ben Gay solves all the problems. <laughs> that does fix a lot of problems. <laughs> all right. Um, oh man. Um, so. We talked about moving to Fort Worth, uh, people moving to DFW, but let me let me ask it a different way. Um, are there a lot of people from California coming to Dallas? A lot, like I mean a lot. Yeah, I mean, okay. I can take an analogy of, of um, so we, we've got a community in, in Frisco that we know of a lot of Australian, Australians who are in Dallas. So that's how we sort of started meeting a few people and wow. it was surprising of how many started in Sydney doing like IT business services moving out to California, obviously San Francisco, majority of them, and then coming to Dallas. So definitely, I mean, cost of living, um, 
property just, I think, yeah, whether yet my, my brother-in-law lives in San Francisco and he loves it out there, and mm -hmm. I don't think he'd want to live anywhere else, but we're just seeing an influx of people coming over. It used to be so tough trying yeah. to pull people out of California, and now they're starting to move more in droves. Y'all so. can just run like some Facebook ads of like home prices in nice areas and just run in like the expensive areas. <laughs> Unless you've been up to like Frisco and Prosperance yeah, Carolina, yeah, but not, they're, they're starting to get up there now. Just. Yeah, no, they're up there. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, it's some parts of, I mean, I, I'm shocked, like I live in um, Grand Prairie neighborhood where Mansfield, Isley, Mansfield, like my middle, the elementary is top 50 in the state. You know, you got, um, the high income is high, it's like a bunch of engineers from um, Lockheed Martin, physicians, nice neighborhood. Um, and there's a bunch of those that haven't even been dis you know, discovered in DFW, things like that. So what are some shows you like to watch whenever you get to some downtime? Uh, so I was saying, uh, just criminal shows like Law and Order, those types of things are great. Um, Manifest is one I'm into, but Designated Survivor is another one that we really enjoyed. So, so, so yeah, I, go ahead, I, 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 got, I got through season one, I got to episode one of season two, and I checked out. Like, should I stay? Is, is it, is it, does it get better? It starts off kind of slow. Yeah, it does. I mean, it starts off slow, it gets better. Um, I mean, it went over Netflix. I lost it for a little while. I thought it had canceled it until I realized that they just picked it up on Netflix. And if you watch it on Netflix, it's actually quite interesting because it's substantially more um, probably... Uh, directed towards adults okay. in regards to its okay. content, so, but, um, yeah, no, I mean, that, that's a good show, and anything, like dramas, just things that are happening, I mean, it's, it's always hard when you watch shows, and they just, they drag on, and, mm -hmm. and then they get cancelled, and you never actually get any closure on them, which is why I think I like some of these criminal shows, because it's like, each episode is its own <laughs> little shit, and mm -hmm. one, his own little season, so. Yeah, it, it's a criminal show, I, I don't know if you watched the, uh, uh, Billy Ray, Billy Ray, not Billy Ray Thornton. You know, the guy. Billy uh, Bob Thornton? Billy Bob Thornton on Prime. The, um, he was an attorney. He would like it. Okay. I can't remember his name, but if you do Billy Bob Thornton, uh, Amazon Prime, it'll pull up whatever it's called. It has three seasons. He would like it. Okay. Yeah. It's like just nothing but one trial for the whole season. Okay. Yeah. I really, uh, I, I've gotten into this show called Forged with Fire, which is these th four contestants that come and they actually build these swords. And uh, they start out like every week they're in a different area uh, and they have to actually forge the metal and then build them. And it, it's just kind of fascinating to watch that because it takes a certain level of concentration and stuff to do that. I just think it's cool. And then of course, uh, I, I got into watching, it's probably not good because I live by myself, but First 48 <laughs> on A&E, <laughs> which is, it, it's just interesting to see things like that where you, where you really have you don't recognize the crunch time for some of the stuff and what you have to get done. And then, of course, when it comes to fantasy, I love uh, Chicago PD and Chicago Fire. Mm -hmm. so. Okay, cool. What about uh, movies? What movies do you like to watch? Uh, well, I, I think, and oh, that's the other one I forgot, TV show, The Mandalorian. I'm gonna need to borrow oh, somebody's sign-in so I can finish. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, the, yeah, <laughs> the Mandalorian. It was great, I watched it, it was great. Yeah. yeah. Um, movies? Um, I actually like to watch a lot of old movies. Uh, I love, I have a friend and she's in her in, the, in her 80s. And so a lot of times I go to her house and we watch movies from the 40s and the 50s. And I love it because it still has that, where you have to develop the story a little bit mm -hmm. instead of just that instant gratification. So I love that. And of course, went and saw Star Wars when that came out. Yep. And also uh, saw Jumanji was the last thing I saw in the theater, so. Mm -hmm. 
You're talking about the new one, right? Not yeah, Jumanji. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. not Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah I got in a time machine and I went back no, today. I, 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 I was like, they're playing it somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm the same. Yeah, always a Star Wars fan. Um, obviously, don't get to the cinema too much, but just a lot of the trilogies that Lord of the Rings, mm. and a lot of the ones that turned the books are Harry Potter. I was always a massive Harry Potter fan, and then when they came out, that was great. Mm. But um, yeah, anything like action adventure. Sci-fi, yeah, so that's where well, you don't have to think too much. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, what we do is, is pretty intense. So, you know, when you're going and watching something, you have to think too much. Sometimes it's nice just to just not have to worry about it. Yeah, no, I, understand. <laughs> I understand. And I'm looking forward to seeing A Quiet Place too when that one comes out because that movie, A Quiet Place, that's took the one me by that's surprise. Scary, right? What's that? That's the scary one, right? Yeah, okay. but like the first one, I'm, I'm glad I watched it with headphones because if you go to the theater, there's zero noise. There's only one part of the movie where there's music for a few minutes, and then there's a couple of scenes where you can hear the monsters in the background, but for the most part, it's zip noise whatsoever in the first one. second one actually has more noise in it, but it's just really interesting because hmm. you sit in a theater with other people and everybody's trying to like gently bite down on their popcorn <laughs> and, and not make a peep, which is cool because it gives you the ambience of the movie and what they're going through in, huh. the, in the theater. It's kind of fun. I might want to watch it just for that, just because that's, that's unique. Yes, that's unique. What about podcasts uh, or books that you like to listen to or read? This is my favorite podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I love it. And uh, books. My favorite book, honestly, is the Bible. It's positive news and and Mm. good things. And then also love to read like Dean Koontz books. Completely going the other direction. Dean Koontz, who? He's a a sci-fi writer. Um, He writes a lot of like conspiracy theory and just fun readings, so that's really good. And then it's also always good to take time to read books about how to be a better salesperson or that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So I read a few of those here and there. Mm-hmm. And so what I what I like to read, what I actually read a little bit different. So <laughs> I think I read a lot of Diary of the Wimpy Kid recently. <laughs> my kids or Pete the Cat, I think is a favorite right now with my yeah. six-year-old. So yeah, that's it's the same. I think my reading habits are a little more geared towards my kids right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, no, thank you. We, we, we on Pete the Cat right now. What about the by diary diary of a what is it called a wimpy kid? Yep. I bought them all. I bought them a bunch of those um the drawing guys. Captain Underpants. Oh yeah. Yeah, we just got a <laughs> bunch of those. So next day, I want a diary of wimpy kid. I'm like, all right, cool. As long as you're reading, you know. All I care about. <laughs> well, um, let everybody know how they could, um, you know, find y'all if they want to get more information or find out about hiring y'all either way, right? Because y'all work with mm-hmm. candidates and employers. yeah, yeah, full service recruitment. So we actually, uh, funny enough, we we're talking about earlier. We just launched our relaunched our new website, which came out this week. So mm-hmm. definitely uh, get to uh, lucasgroup.com or www.lucasgroup.com. Mm-hmm. Manufacturing operations, or now we're actually. Uh, with the new website, we were the manufacturing division, but we got uh, fully rebranded in supply chain operations, which encompassed more on really what uh, what all sort of work we did. But no, definitely find us uh, technical engineering, sort of senior management, sort of more on the you know, executive side of what we do. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. we have there's a lot of excellent articles that have been written by recruiters or um, redone by recruiters that uh, really talk to any one of the industries we have, I always look at supply chain and operations because that's where we're interested in. And honestly, as a, as a company, we have a lot of talented people throughout the United States who really bring some interesting insights. So you can go on there and there's what's called white papers yeah. and you can read 
uh, about some, there's some great articles about the disruption of supply chain and what that means, and it's actually got some really positive news to it. Hmm. So. I, th I think I actually want to read that because I'm super curious the intersection of supply chain, logistics, uh, manufacturing, and then this whole global, I think this whole global thing is going to speed up the process. It, I think it's long term going to be good for America, um, but in the short term it's going to be interesting, mm. I think. So we can talk off camera about that. <laughs> thank y'all. I appreciate y'all um, hanging out. Appreciate it.